What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. From the field to the film room to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show today. We are doing a full first round mock draft, playing out a scenario that might happen on draft night. It's an interesting way to talk about prospects, to talk about the way some teams' needs have been addressed in free agency, and just to give our two cents on what teams should do on draft night. I am joined, as always, by Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure you check out his podcast, Party on Broad. I know he's had Mark Schofield, a familiar name to many of you guys on uh, for some draft episodes. Dives, how are you doing this evening? You're muted. <laughs> doing great, man. Um, uh, eating a giant jar of jelly beans and talking NFL draft. What more can you ask for? Ooh, what what kind of jelly beans? This is important. They're uh, mixed. mixed. Uh, have, have you ever had the sweet tart jelly beans? No. Oh, you got to try those out. Those things... I will down a bag of those in like a day. They're dangerous. I can't bring them into my house anymore. It's bad. Yeah. Best jelly beans ever. All right. Uh, I'm also joined by my co-host on Chalk Talk. Uh, you can also check out his radio co- show, the Tough Cover Radio Show for Fox PHL The Gambler. It is a Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Mark, do you have any jelly bean hot takes for us tonight? Not a jelly bean guy. I, I'm a Welch's fruit snack guy. Big, big okay. Welch's fruit snack guy. No free ads, but um, I got Gusher sitting next to me, actually. <laughs> now I feel left out. I don't have any. I've got a bottle of water, and that's it. You guys didn't tell me we were eating during the mock draft. <laughs> that's what happens when you have kids and Brains parties food. and just so much candy. That's that's the worst thing ever that you could put in your body, but someone's <laughs> got to eat it. Someone's got to eat it. Yeah, that's true. I have been I have been sniping uh, the caramel and peanut butter M and M's out of my kids' Easter baskets all day because they got so much candy they'll never notice. My uh, I've got a little brother who's much younger than me, um, and he's not much of a candy guy. He not you know he's never been much of a candy guy. And I, I think it was last year two or two years ago where he got this huge bag of Halloween candy. He ate like none of it. I think I put on like 10 pounds just eating, <laughs> just eating his Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah, it is a danger for sure. A danger of parenting. So, all right, well, we are going to dive into this mock draft. We're going to be using uh, the drafts networks, mock draft simulator, which honestly really isn't important because we're going to be making all the picks. So the algorithm doesn't matter that much, but that's where we're at. So I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, if you're listening uh, this will be up on YouTube, but we'll also talk through all of the picks. And we have the picks divided up here. Uh, Mark, I'm going to let you tell us who's up because I've got too many tabs pulled up. So who is up at number one for the Panthers? That's going to be me. Uh, and uh, this one is 
pretty easy. Uh, the, one of the easier picks that I'll make. I won't have to won't have to think too hard about this one as I scramble and try to pull up my notes. But um, I have uh, quarterback Bryce Young uh, from Alabama is the number one pick, and I'm actually like, I'm not that passionate about this. Uh, you know, it's a radio topic that I'm the draft guy at the Gambler, so they always bring these topics up to me. And Sean Brace is of the opinion that you can't take anyone but Bryce Young at number one. And while I agree with them that Bryce Young is the guy I would take at number one, if they came out and fell in love with CJ Stroud, or if they came out and they fell in love and fell head over heels with the potential of Anthony Richardson, I wouldn't get too upset and I wouldn't call them an idiot. I wouldn't, you know, say anything crazy. I'd say, you know what? They see something and they're going with their evaluation. Uh, I, I think that all three quarterback prospects have their merit. But I think Bryce Young has special, special processing ability. Um, I think he's got Tua's processing ability while having Kyler Murray's athleticism, which uh, I think that could be a, a really, really dangerous tool at the next level. I think he also isn't as a, aloof as Kyler Murray. I think he's a team leader. He's a guy who's got incredible footwork in the pocket. Um, obviously, he's an absolute anomaly size-wise. But go and watch some of those games against Georgia. Uh, so go and watch especially two years ago in the SEC championship against Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, uh, all those guys in the defensive line, Nolan Smith, uh, all those guys, linebackers, Chris Smith, the safety, Keely Ringo, a corner. Um, I think there was another corner who got drafted from Georgia last year. Uh, plenty of NFL guys who he just torched two years ago. And this year, he still had an incredible year. Maybe he wasn't as good as people hoped, or maybe he took a drop back stat-wise a little bit. But go look at the his talent around him. He was not throwing to great receivers this year like he had in years prior. So Bryce Young is my number one guy. I understand some concerns about him, but he did do this at his size at the highest level at Alabama. So that's always something that's going to, to quell my concerns a little bit. So Bryce Young's my pick at 1-1. All right, and I believe that puts Dibes on the clock at real, number two for the real Texans. Quick, real quick, because I think it's an interesting topic. Is he the right pick for you guys at 1-1? I know we did our quarterback rankings a long time ago, but where are you guys at? Bryce Young's my number one as well it, by, by a pretty good margin. I, if I am making the pick, Anthony Richardson's the pick. Whew. He is not my number one QB in my rankings because I don't wow. think he's the best player right now. Um, but I think all the quarterbacks have size. And so, you know, or excuse me, all the quarterbacks have questions. So do you want to bet on the guy with that's an outlier in terms of size, the guy that didn't show improvisational skills except in one game or the most athletic guy to ever play the position? And that's that's a leading argument for sure. Uh, but I would have a hard time not taking Anthony Richardson. And I know that he's not as put together as Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, but the traits are irresistible. And that, that brings us to dives to make that decision at two with the Texans. I'm not going to go that route. Um, <laughs> I agree. I, and I'm not really that high on this quarterback class. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that we're having a discussion of Anthony Richardson, that one is, is pretty good evidence for that, but I'm going to go CJ Stroud. Uh, to the Texans, um, just elite level accuracy. Uh, and uh, what this guy did, if you don't know anything about CJ Stroud, 
uh, just turn on the tape against Georgia in the college football playoff. That's everything you'll need to know about this dude. Uh, had an amazing combine, had an amazing pro day. Uh, CJ Stroud needs to improve throwing on the move outside of the pocket, uh, but ha- is arguably the best passer in this draft. All right. I about panicked because it wouldn't let me pick him. Uh, but CJ Stroud is now a Texan. Uh, so and- that puts the Cardinals on the clock at number three. And I am the Cardinals. Uh, and the Cardinals are, they want to move out of this pick because they have a lot of needs. They don't need a quarterback. And everybody knows the Colts are taking a quarterback at four. Uh, so specifically, I think some teams that would be interested in moving up are potentially the Raiders at seven. Uh, which is Mark, also the Titans at 11, which is also Mark. Uh, so <laughs> Mark, do, <laughs> do either, of the, I mean, I, either of those teams have some interest in moving up to number three to get a quarterback? They do, uh, and Washington might at 16, who I also control. Um, but I'm, I'm going to turn around and Jim Ursay's drunk on draft night and he's like, we got to get our quarterback, man. This has been, what a long, strange trip it's been. We need, we need to go get our quarterback. Let's avoid uh, the Cardinals trading down with the Raiders or the Cardinals trading down with uh, the Titans. And let's just offer the Cardinals a third round pick to move down one pick. They can still get whoever they want with that fourth pick. Uh, and they, they would take the same guy they take at three, uh, but we can go up and get our guy. Would, would the Cardinals be interested in that? Hmm. A third round pick? Yeah, probably. They'd probably do it, and then they'll probably try to trade it again, to be honest, if they got offered that. so Yeah, uh, you'd lose a little bit of leverage once the three quarterbacks are off the board. But uh, I think that there's some value to the Cardinals of being like, hey, we just moved down a pick for absolutely literally nothing. Yeah, okay, so let me punch this in. And while I punch it in, you go ahead and tell it. So the official trade is the uh, pick 80 in the third round to move up from four to three. And so while I, I process th- that, I think that's a likely I think that's a likely trade, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so the Colts are now on the clock at number three. Uh Mark, what quarterback did they just move up for? They moved up for Anthony Richardson. I mean, the Colts have put they've tried to put a band-aid on a cut that's way too big for a band-aid for way too long, which is their quarterback position. And we've talked about that for so long on Chalk Talk. And they tried Matt Ryan, they tried Carson Wentz and they just have to go out and actually try to draft their quarterback for the future. I get it. Andrew Luck retired, but come on now. I, let, I think that uh, it, it's time to, to move on. Uh, I think, Shane, you should, if you could tab over to team needs. Um, it's, it's a shame that it doesn't update with each with each team, I don't, with each pick, but that's uh, Arizona's up. Yeah, I just, I, I, that was the end of my, my spiel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Arizona's back up. And uh, to be honest, Arizona wants to try to trade down again, probably in the same situation here, trying to play the Raiders and the Titans off of each other. Uh, And Mark, you also mentioned the commander. Yeah. The commanders, I I still get tripped up as many times (laughs) as their names been changed. Um, Do any of those teams have interest in coming up to four to get Will Levis? No, the problem is I hate Will Levis as a prospect. So it's I'm controlling these teams that need a quarterback and I'm not going to draft him in the first (laughs) round because I'm drafting on my big board here. So if Will Levis is going to get drafted in the first round, it's not going to be by, by one of my teams. Okay. 
Fair enough. So in that case, uh, the Cardinals are going to go take Will Anderson, that blue chip prospect. He's a slam dunk pick. He's who they have their eye on all along. It's who they're going to take at three if they stay there. Uh, so Will Anderson Jr. is going to come off the board to the Cardinals, give Jonathan Gannon another elite edge rusher. Uh, he's used to having those with Hassan Reddick and all these other guys that they had in Philadelphia. Going to get that for him to start and build the defense in Arizona. So that puts the Seattle Seahawks on the board here at number five. Uh, Dives, is this one you? Yep, this is me. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are happy to select Tyree Wilson, uh, six foot six, two hundred seventy pound edge rusher prospect. Uh, more powerful than crafty ranked number two in college football with 41 quarterback pressures. Um, he's just got very good production, very good power, very good aggression coming off the edge. Uh, Tyree, Tyree Wilson is just, uh, just a massive prospect. Uh, and I think, um, he's going to do well there. All right. And that puts the lions on the board here at number six. Uh, the Lions could go a lot of different directions. Uh, obviously, quarterback could be in play uh, if they wanted to get a guy to replace Jared Goff down the road. Uh, unfortunately, like Mark, I'm not super high on Will Levis, so I'm not going to be taking him at number six. They could also look really to any level of their defense. Their defense was atrocious last year. They could go take their pick at cornerbacks. They could invest in the trenches. I kind of feel like Dan Campbell is a let's build through the trenches sort of guy. And so I'm going to take Jalen Carter, uh, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. Red red flags on character aside, uh, I think they would love the way that he plays on the football field. So Jalen Carter is going to come off the board here at six to the Lions. And that puts the Raiders up at number seven. If you could click on the Raiders to give me the team needs there. Uh, I think that, you know, you the, six of my top seven players are off the board if I'm the Raiders here in terms of the the, the way that I want to go. Um, edge, it's it's listing Edge as one of their needs, and I, I get why. I, I think that they do have a couple players there, but um, I'm going to go with an Edge, even though I don't think it's their necessarily their biggest need. You could take a look at some of the offensive tackles. Um, but I think Miles Murphy is the best player on the board. Um, and it seems like he's starting to rise back up after a pretty good pro day performance and a really good RAS chart, even though as me and Shane often talk about some of those pro day things are kind of fake, but in this scenario, it's confirmation bias. Since I'm a Miles Murphy guy. I'm, I'm happy that he's rising back up the boards. Um, and, and I think that he's a guy who's just so versatile, such a lock to me to be a good player at the next level. And, um, I, I don't really understand some of the knocks that people are making up out there and uh, some of the big time draft people that are entirely out on, on Miles Murphy uh, boggles my mind how you could be out on a guy with his athletic profile, his consistency at Clemson and, and his sack production and run game production. So uh, I'm a big Miles Murphy guy. I'm usually going to be the guy who ends up taking him in these mock drafts. He's my number three overall player. All right, and that puts Dibes on the clock at number eight with the Falcons. Uh, Dibes, what are you thinking here for Atlanta? I'm thinking two different players, and I'm debating which one I go with. Uh, I think I'm just going to go with um, arguably CB1 of this draft, and I think it's a guy that Atlanta will like, and that's Christian Gonzalez, cornerback uh, here. Um, he had a really good season last year at Oregon. Uh, he 
you know, is a guy that has smooth athleticism, turns his hips really well, has great size at six foot two, uh, freak athlete, 40 plus inch vertical, was arguably the biggest winner at his position at the combine. Uh, you look at the needs for the Falcons, I think uh, they brought in Jesse Bates and now they bring in, you know, uh, Christian Gonzalez. That secondary just got a huge boost. All right. Yeah. And pair him with AJ Terrell. That's, that's a pretty good secondary duo. Go ahead. It's funny. AJ Terrell is a guy who I compared uh, Joey Porter Jr. to. So it'd be funny if they just drafted a guy who has the same traits as AJ Terrell to be the CB2 to AJ Terrell. Christian Gonzalez, I compared to Byron Jones, which would be another fantastic ad uh, with AJ Terrell. Yeah, I, I think that I think that could be a sneaky landing spot for Bajan Robinson, number eight. Ooh. Like they love, I mean, they're a run the ball sort of team. They ran the college offense with Mariota. Now they're going to run it back with Desmond Ritter, uh, and you would kind of want to protect him. I, I could see them going Bajan Robinson. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they've done something people thought was crazy in the top ten. Uh, they took Kyle Pitts at number four. I think last year was Drake London at eight. So it would be a lot of investment and skill position, but it's an interesting fit to think about at least. So, all right, that puts me on the clock with the Chicago bears. Um, Chicago bears have one job in this draft. And that one job in this draft is to help out Justin Fields. Uh, You want him to be your franchise guy. He can't be taking, 14% 14% sack rates. And some of that's on him. A lot of that's on his offensive line. So uh, I'm going to take who I have as my top rated offensive lineman in this draft. It is Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. You might say his arms are too short to be an offensive tackle and he can only be an offensive guard. I would tell you that his arms are only a half inch shorter than Rashawn Slater's. And everyone was concerned about that with Rashawn Slater. And Rashawn Slater is an all pro. and Peter Skaronsky outplayed him at Northwestern when he stepped in right after he left. So I don't have those concerns. I think Peter Skaronsky is a slam dunk pick there. Uh, And so that is going to put the Eagles on the clock at number 10. And I think I have the Eagles too. Yeah, I have the Eagles as well. So, um, and thinking through what the Eagles would do here, this board has not broken exactly the way you would want it to with Miles Murphy. He's a guy that you would circle here for the Eagles um, they could look to go edge rusher still. They could look to go offensive line. Uh, they could look to go defensive back potentially. Um, Bajan Robinson, who they would never take. I'm really torn here between uh, addressing defensive back or or going for an edge rusher. But I think given the choice, the Eagles would always go edge rusher here. So I'm going to go with Nolan Smith. Whoa. Uh, Nolan Smith, super athletic. He's down here on uh, the Draft Network's board, but he's not that far down on my board. I I think Nolan Smith, uh, like we talked about it on the Edge Rusher show, but he's like Hassan Reddick, and who wouldn't love to have two Hassan Reddicks on your football team? I think he could learn a lot from Hassan Reddick. I think he could play a similar role for the Eagles uh, long-term. He's super athletic. He's still a decent run defender for his size. Uh, so I'm going to take Nolan Smith here at number 10 for the Eagles. As, this might uh, be the first time I've drafted for the Eagles at 10 in any mock draft. I almost always trade back with the Eagles. 
Okay, and that puts Tennessee on the clock at number 11. Uh, Mark, that is you. What do you have in mind for the Titans here? As the Titans GM, I am extremely happy you didn't draft a certain player, but as an Eagles fan, I'd be very unhappy if we drafted Nolan Smith over Jackson Smith and Jigba. (laughs) That's the wrong Smith, Shane. Uh, But we've been talking about it on Twitter today. Uh, Don't let people fool you into thinking this draft class does not have an elite receiving prospect because they do. And it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, Jim Nagy runs the senior bowl. Um, so he's, he said that a lot of these teams reach out to him and talk to him and ask him about some of the players. And he said that consensus, there is only one, one receiver that NFL teams consensus have a first round grade on. And it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he said way more people have him in their top 10 than people are talking about out in public. And I think that uh, I think NFL GMs and NFL front offices are smart enough to realize that a hamstring injury that they tried to rush him back from in 2022 does not take anything away from his historic production in 2021 on a team where he outperformed Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who both just had great rookie seasons with terrible quarterbacks. So um, I, I am extremely high on Jackson Smith and Jig, but everyone involved at Ohio state, including Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave has come out and said, that Jackson Smith and Jigba is an even better prospect than the, than those guys, better than better prospect than Jamison Williams was, better prospect than Terry McLaurin was. Um, I, I think JSN is a special, 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 special wide receiver prospect. All right, Jackson Smith and Jigba off the board at eleven to the Titans. That puts the Houston Texans on the clock at number twelve. The Texans are very upset about that selection mark because that was definitely <laughs> where we were going. Uh, in that direction, adding playmakers on offense with Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz, and C.J. Stroud. Um, so you could, have paired, you could have paired GS, JSN with Stroud again. That would have been. I was uh, planning on, man, but you ruined it. Uh, uh, but here we are. Uh, we're kind of stumped. We're scratching our heads. Uh, but we're going to look to defense, especially the defensive line, and just go PB, BPA on my board. And I'm going to go Miles Murphy. Uh, the Texans need to he's, add. He's gone. Huh? Murphy's gone? gone. Yeah, he went seven to the Raiders, or he would have been an Eagle at ten. Ah. Uh, we, got, we got a Mike Tice Viking situation. They're getting skipped. Right. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, all right. Can you hit needs for the Houston Texans? Yes, I think it's everything except quarterback <laughs> now. What, what's their offensive tackle situation in Houston? They could definitely use one opposite Tunsil. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go Paris. Should I go Paris? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. All right. We're going to go Paris Johnson here to the Houston Texans. The guy who started at right guard in 2021, transitioned to left tackle in 2022, and did not skip a beat. Explosive prospect. Uh, very flexible. Um, is just Got a, a high-end combo of size, strength, and athleticism, man. I think this guy can be a pro bowler. Um, yeah, Paris Johnson. Let's let's continue. That, that, that's right. I love this guy. You know, you, you know who the Texans' current right tackle is? Who? Titus Howard. That's the guy that the <laughs> Texans panic traded up to get right after the Eagles leapfrogged them for Andre Dillard. Oh, my God. All, All right. That puts the Jets on the clock at number 13. Uh, so – the Jets. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the Aaron Rodgers saga. We assume Aaron Rodgers will, in fact, be a Jet. 
I have my doubts that they are going to get the number 13 uh, pick back in, in return for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I, I, we, we've debated how to handle this, but I think we're going to go ahead and let the Jets make this pick, and we're going to say it's a second-round pick and, I don't know, something conditional later that we'll figure out at another date. So the Jets are going to stay on the clock at 13. Uh, and, Mark, this is you making the selection for the Jets. We're assuming they have Aaron Rodgers here. What what are yeah. you gonna pay, what are you gonna give him to go with him? And the Jets are unhappy that Dodds just took uh, Paris Johnson there because we would have taken him. And if you can't pair JSN with CJ Stroud, if you can't get him as college receiver, you can get him as college offensive tackle with Paris Johnson. So it's all <laughs> Ohio State for the Texans. Um, but I'm I'm gonna stick at that position. And even though I couldn't get one of the top two guys, I don't think there's a huge drop off to the third guy. Um, so I'll take Broderick Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's an older guy, so we got to protect him. Three of the last four picks here, offensive tackles off the board. They're a little bit of a run there. Um, he's he's got he plays with a nasty mean streak, um, and I think the Jets could definitely use that. He's got a lot of Deion Dawkins. He is the, the comp that I actually really like uh, is Andrew Thomas. He reminds me of the other Georgia tackle from a few years ago that went up in the draft. So um, I, I think there's a lot of similarities there. So Roderick Jones would would fit right in as a starter on the Jets, in my opinion. All right, and that is going to put the New England Patriots on the clock at number 14. Dives, you are controlling the Patriots. Channel your inner Bill Belichick here and draft some fourth-round guy in the first round. Yeah, (laughs) this keeps happening because it was going to be Broderick Jones uh, to New England, but that changed. Uh, So, (laughs) all right, let's go to New England's positions of need. Interior defensive line, I don't like it. Edge. Let's go. Receiver should be higher there, to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's look at who what the Bijan Robinson. No, we are not going Bijan Robinson. Not with me as GM. <laughs> um I don't really have an offensive tackle in this area that I'd like. How about tight end? That could that be a need for the New England Patriots? No, they just signed what's his name? Gesicki and they oh, really? Henry. Yeah, they got Gesicki and Henry. All right. Well, we'll just we're just gonna go edge and go Lucas Van Ness. Um yeah. a toolsy guy, um, big time project, uh, but a pretty decent uh ceiling if things click. And uh it's New England, good chance that that happens. For reasons I won't get too far into, he seems like a Bill Belichick slash Patriots guy. I'll leave it at that. okay so that puts the green bay packers on the clock assuming aaron Rodgers is gone now is the time finally with aaron Rodgers out of the building after seven consecutive (laughs) years spending a first round pick on defensive players they're gonna go get a wide receiver for jordan love just to rub salt in the wound of aaron Rodgers, (laughs) and they're gonna go take jordan addison wide receiver out of usc um there's some truth to the fact that you knew that Aaron Rodgers was an elite quarterback, so you could give him lesser receivers, uh, and, and you need to rectify that. But also, it's just objectively hilarious that they're probably taking a wide receiver this year when that's all Aaron Rodgers ever wanted. Uh, but Jordan Addison out of USC, you can put him in there with Christian Watson, and you can feel okay about having Jordan Love out there throwing to these guys. Uh, so that's going to be the pick at number 15. 
which brings up the Washington Commanders at number 16. Mark, this is you. Uh, what are you feeling for the Commanders? I like that pick a lot for Addison to Green Bay, by the way. It's all Jordan in Green Bay. Jordan yeah, Jordan, Jordan to Jordan. Jordan. Uh, but Washington's extremely happy here uh, to that there's a player that they think is the top 10 player on the board here. And they're going to corner. They're addressing their top need, and they're taking Joey Porter Jr., um, Joey Porter Jr. I think is is the number my personal number one DB prospect in, in this entire class. Uh, just an elite athlete, nine six two RAS six two and a half, freakishly long Sauce Gardner like arms. Um, I, I think that he hasn't shown the ball skills you'd like out of an elite elite uh, DB prospect but he's such a stopper in terms of the incompletion rate he forces led all the power five in 2022. In terms of that, uh, he only gave up 15 catches for 143 yards on 30 targets this year. People just ended up avoiding him. Most of the time he's a bit grabby, but he didn't really get flagged for it in college at all. So you don't know if it's, you know, we said that a lot last year. I think we talked about a lot of different guys last year being grabby. A lot of them ended up being pretty productive and it not being an issue uh, as a rookie. So I'm banking on it, not being an issue for Porter at the next level. All right. That brings up the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 17 uh, dives. This is you Joey Porter jr. Sniped one yep. pick before the Steelers. How do you Steelers, feel about that? Not good. Uh, that was also uh, on the top of the big board for the Steelers, but uh, this is going to be the biggest home run swing of the first round right now. And uh, offensive tackle is a huge need for Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm going to go on my big board and just make the announcement. Dewan Jones uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he has been a high riser over the last couple of months. Massive size of six foot eight, 359 pounds, 36 inch arms. Dominated at the Senior Bowl, uh, especially in one-on-ones. Uh, he's only allowed 15 pressures the last two seasons. Um, and his foot speed, which was supposed to be a negative, uh, looked very, very good uh, for a guy his size. So Dewan Jones, he's a project, uh, but he's got all the measurables uh, uh, you're looking for at that right tackle spot. All right. That was also my highest rated offensive tackle left on the board. Huge need for the Steelers. I think that's a great pick. And that brings up the – uh, Detroit Lions, who already at pick six took Jalen Carter on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they could look to go a couple different directions here. Another thing they would have liked to add is an edge rusher, but all the first-round edge rushers have, are gone, at least off of my big board. But this is it. This is the place. The Will Levis slide stops here. Uh, the Detroit <laughs> Lions are going to select Will Levis. They're going to bring him in and let him – learn under the tutelage of Jared Goff and what could go wrong. But uh, I just think that they need to make a move at quarterback. Uh, six is way too early, but with Levis falling to 18, they're going to make the bet on his traits and they're going to hope that his turbulent situation in college is the result of his play in 2022. Not that he just stinks. So will Levis to the lions at pick 18, and that's going to put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock at 19. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing jumping jacks and, and celebrating in their war room that I, I didn't think this would be a guy I'd ever draft in a mock with all of us on, on together. Cause I thought I was the lowest of the three. I have him as my CB three, but 
Devin Witherspoon at at this point at 19 to address a a secondary that has big time concerns for, for Tampa Bay. It it makes a lot of sense. Uh, So I definitely like that pick here for Tampa a lot. He definitely plays with that dog in him. Uh, that a lot of higher higher Alexander in him, uh, a lot of Darius Slay in him. That's definitely two guys who I, I could see him turning into at the next level, even though he it does have some size concerns. All right. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. I was surprised that he continued to fall down the board here, but a good selection there for the Buccaneers. That brings the Seahawks on the clock at number 20. Uh, dives that is you what do you have in mind for the seahawks can i, can I look up their team needs real quick they are so they snagged uh, tyree wilson at number six already yeah. yeah uh he's number 20 uh on my big board um and we're picking at number 20 so uh let's just roll it it is their number two need uh, i'm gonna go brian Brzee uh to the seattle seahawks um and just and adding more size to that defensive line uh, to pair with Tyree Wilson. Brian Brzee's numbers don't pop off the page, but he's a disruptive force when he's on the field, and that is a big question mark. But I think there's a guy who could thrive in a 4-3 or 3-4. Uh, great strength, good power. Um, I think this guy has a move set that translates immediately. Um, but there are some question marks about his ability to stay on the football field, but um, yeah, I, I think he's just too much of a talent to pass up. All right. And that we skip past the number 21 pick that the dolphins forfeited for tampering, trying to get Tom Brady. That's going to bring us to the Los Angeles chargers at pick 22. Now, I am up for the Los Angeles chargers and, and the chargers need wide receiver help. They need someone with speed on their roster Uh, They need someone to help Justin Herbert out a little bit. And so uh, they are going to select Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Considered Jalen Hyatt here as well, but I have Flowers rated higher, although he's not quite the speed threat. Uh, He's still going to be a guy that in that quick underneath passing game that Justin Herbert utilized so much, Zay Flowers has the ability to turn those into home run swings. So uh, I think that's a great, great fit here. Um, Love the fit. I think the Chargers would be thrilled if he were on the board. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So that brings us to number 23, which is the Baltimore Ravens, who just recently paid Odell Beckham Jr. $18 million on a one-year contract. Uh, So maybe receiver isn't as big of a need as it used to be. Maybe it still is because Odell Beckham Jr. has left each of the last two seasons with an injury before skipping all of the last season. So who knows uh, what you're going to get out of Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, up here at number 23 is the Ravens. And uh, Mark, that is you. What do you have in mind for the Ravens? 
I will say a hot take on the Odell contract. Five million of those are incentives, and it's a one-year deal. I'd almost rather give him that one-year $18 million deal with incentives than give him like a two-year $20 million deal and have anything on the hook next year. I It's not a good deal, but I'm just happy Baltimore did something to maybe help Lamar if he is going to be the quarterback. So um, normally I, I would normally take a receiver here. And Jalen Hyatt would make a lot of sense, I think, to, to add on the other side to Odell as a speed threat. And I do have uh, visions of Jalen Hyatt and that Chargers offense with Mike Williams. So oh, I think that's like a, a picture perfect fit. If you're if you're Jalen Hyatt's agent, you should just be like harassing the Chargers GM with like every great Jalen Hyatt highlight and be like, please, like, please draft us here because we will make a lot of money. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with a different route here for the Ravens. They definitely need to address their secondary. So I'm going to take a guy who I like a lot in Emmanuel Forbes uh, from Mississippi State. He's got concerns in terms of his size being 166 pounds. But even with that, still a 9-3-2 relative athletic score, elite 40-yard dash, elite 10-20-yard splits, pterodactyl-like arms. Um, three-year full-time starter at the highest level of the SEC, uh, 87.2 PFF grade in 2022, 44.9 passer rating against elite, elite ball skills, probably the best in this class. Uh, over the course of his three-year career, he came down with 13 picks. That's four more than the next closest Power 5 corner since 2020. He had six picks in 2022, made Will Levis look like an idiot on a terrible pick six. Um, I really, really like Emmanuel Forbes. I think there's a lot of Trevon Diggs, a lot of Marcus Peters in there, uh, and the Ravens would be familiar with Marcus Peters. And I'm not saying he's sauce, but there are a lot of similarities in terms of him, in terms of his arms, his arm length, his dog mentality, and he was similarly dominant in his last year in college football. So I would not be surprised to see Emmanuel Forbes at the next level just immediately be a lockdown guy with tremendous ball skills. And what better place to do that than Baltimore? All right. So Manuel Forbes off the board to Baltimore. That puts the Vikings on the clock at pick 24. Dibes, that is you. Uh, what are you feeling for the Vikings? Yeah, they were hoping some of the big playmakers at corner was still there. But uh, one of the big other defensive backs is still there. And I can't believe it because he's number 12 on my big board. I love Brian Branch out of Alabama uh, safety, uh, a guy that's nearly sound in every uh, facet of his game. He can play in the slot. Uh, he can play up at the line. He can blitz the quarterback, make plays on the ball. Just I think this guy's a plug-and-play starter from day one. Uh, he, I think he can play at corner if you need him to. Uh, this guy is a pure, versatile weapon uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, and that puts the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. The Jaguars have a huge need at tight end, and all of the tight ends are still on the board. As much as I would love to go with Darnell Washington, who I absolutely love, uh, they took the big swing on the athletic guy in the first round last year in Trevon Walker. They want the more sure thing this time around. Uh, so they're going to take Michael Mayer, the tight end, out of Notre Dame. Uh, higher floor, much higher floor than Darnell Washington. They just need consistent reliability for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a good enough quarterback. He just needs reliable options. And uh, Michael Mayer is going to give them that in spades. So Michael Mayer at 25 to the Jaguars. That puts the New York Giants on the clock at 26, a place that I really love uh, for Brian Branch, by the way. I think the absolute floor for Brian Branch is the New York Giants. I don't think he would make it past, but 
Uh, Mark, you are up. Brian Branch is not there. What are you thinking for the Giants? For a playoff team, there's surprisingly a lot of ways you could go with, with the Giants. Like re receiver, they've got six receivers. I don't know how many of them are top 30 in the NFL. Like they're all top 60. Like they have a lot of decent receivers. They, they have a lot of names, but they don't have real, real playmakers. Uh, so you could definitely go receiver. I'm staring at two as options, but I'm not going to go that route. You could definitely go corner. You could definitely go safety. Um, but I'm actually going to go with an interior offensive lineman, which is probably the most boring option. Uh, so the, the the dumb Giants fans will probably be all upset about it. But Osiris Torrance uh, is a really, really just rock-solid prospect, and uh, he, he absolutely fits a need there uh, for, for New York. Uh, so Cyrus Torrance, one of the safer players in, in the entire draft. I think he's a Brandon, Books, Brandon Brooks 2.0. So uh, that's high praise from me. So I, I think Osiris Torrance, if he, if he was an offensive tackle instead of an offensive guard, we'd be talking about him as the best offensive line prospect in the class. All right. That's a good pick. It puts the Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 27 dives. You are the Cowboys. I don't know how that makes you feel, uh, but <laughs> what kicker are the Cowboys picking here at number 27? Not great. Can you go to team needs? Yes. Let's give him a punter. A punter? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is tackle not a need for the Dallas Cowboys right now? No, and probably not with Tyler Smith playing so well there, right? Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you what the Cowboys there is no doubt in my mind what the Cowboys would do yeah, yeah, in this yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Cowboys I would really sprint to the podium to take Bajan Robinson. I was just about to say that. Let's do it. Let's give him Bajan Robinson uh to Dallas. Uh and Buffalo this draft. <laughs> And I don't know why I told you that because that's who I was about to take. So now I got to refigure <laughs> everything for Buffalo because Buffalo would also love Bajan Robinson. Um, man, I got I got to recalibrate now. But yeah, I think I mean you move on from Ezekiel Elliott, and then immediately to plug in a guy that's better than Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, I, I think that's a slam dunk pick for them. So the Bills, uh, I mean, running backs, honestly, not like the hugest need. It'd be nice if they could run the ball. So they were taking some things off of Josh Allen's plate there. Uh, I suppose they could look to bolster their interior offensive line, maybe with a guy like John Michael Schmitz. Um, mm, don't love this. Don't love it at all. Um, they could also use a wide receiver. I mean, they've got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. How's their cornerbacks look? Let me check the depth chart here. They've got uh, Tredavious White still. Oh, yeah, they took Kair Elam last year. Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson. I, uh, we're like, just, I feel like they're ahead. in like a playmakers-only situation here. It feels yeah. like skill position pick. Yeah. I think, although he is rated higher on my board, I have Quentin Johnson rated higher on my board than this guy, but I've got some concerns about Quentin Johnson too. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go for my guy. I'm going to go get Marvin Mims, uh, wide receiver out of oh. Oklahoma. Uh, he is the next guy for me after Quentin Johnson. Maybe it's a little bit wow. of a reach, but he is a huge playmaker. Uh, he is more reliable in terms of catching the ball than Quentin Johnson. 
And uh, he's going to be a really good pairing with Josh Allen, who likes to go vertical. You're going to use Mims out of the slot to go vertical a lot. So the shock of the first round is Marvin Mims backdooring into the first round. Uh, and that puts the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock here at number 29. Uh, Dibes, that is you. You're up. What are you thinking? For- I- oh, no, no, wait. Sorry. You're- that's not you. That's Mark. Mark, yeah. you're up for Cincinnati. There's a lot of fun ways you could go with, with, with this pick. If you're Cincinnati, you could go and take a running back because there's rumors Joe Mixon could be on his way out after June 1st. And, um, there, you know, there's also some legal trouble there. Uh, so there's always concerns there. Jameer Gibbs makes a lot of sense if you're Cincinnati, but you could also go another direction. You could take a tight end. That's definitely a position of need, and it has been for them. You could look at Kincaid. You could look at Darnell Washington. Kincaid's probably the safe option there. Washington, probably the, the home run swing option that if you're the Bengals and you're trying to compete, maybe that's not the way you should go. Kincaid makes probably a lot of sense. I think Gibbs and Kincaid would both be good picks. You could also go with the corner. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with the safety. So this is a little bit of a reach. Uh, but I think it's down at like 50, 51. Um, I'm going to go with Antonio Johnson, who I think is just a, a guy who can play right away. Um, and he's a guy who I've really fallen in love with throughout this draft process. And I don't think he's getting talked about nearly, nearly enough. Um, I was pretty by far the highest out of us three on Antonio Johnson when we did our our DB rankings. He reminds me a lot of Jesse Bates. Uh, he's a pretty exact athletic and size comp to Jesse Bates. Um, really good PFF grades. It played at the highest level uh, in the SEC in college. Um, I think he's got the size and traits to be a true safety, but he can play nickel corner. He can play, even play some dime linebacker. Great against the run, great in the passing game. I, I really, really like Antonio Johnson, and I feel like you don't hear about him at all. All right, Antonio Johnson sneaking into the back end of the first round. Uh, now the Saints are on the clock at pick 30. Dives, you've got the Saints. Tell me how you're going to fix the Saints roster with this one pick. Death <laughs> uh, taxes and Shane piling on the Saints every draft season. This is what we do. Don't All right. worry. They'll, uh, trade it, they'll trade it to the Eagles. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, you look at the Saints. They lost edge rusher Caden Ellis, Marcus Davenport. We're looking at defensive line at this position right here. And the guy I've circled on my big board – at this selection is B.J. Ojolari. Uh, no one in the SEC had a better pass rush win rate than this guy, uh, even with uh, missing some games due to injuries. A bit undersized, um, and he struggles against the run, but he's got elite speed, elite dip as a pass rusher. Um, and I, I think uh, that just adding more talent, young talent to the Saints defensive line makes a ton of sense right here. All right, and that puts the Eagles back on the clock at pick 31. No pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure here, but the Eagles are going to trade out. No. I think they honestly will, but I'm not going to do that because I don't get to make the pick for a second rounder, so that's boring. So uh, here at pick 31, they got a they got an edge rusher early on. Uh, they I think they could look for a playmaker here. Uh, you could maybe look at a guy like Quentin Johnson who's falling at uh, give Eagles fans PTSD seeing a TCU wide receiver. Uh, but really, I think the bigger need here, especially in the first round, because I think there's some wide receiver threes you could get later, is to go get a cornerback. Uh, even though the Eagles brought back Darius Slay and James Bradbury, they are remarkably thin at the corner position. If either one of those guys goes down, and 
they're both going to be on the wrong side of 30. It's going to happen at some point. You couple in with that, you've got Avante Maddox in the slot who is notoriously banged up. And so uh, the Eagles are going to select Cam Smith, uh, cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, he played out wide in 2021, but in 2022, he took almost 200 snaps in the slot. So he's got some slot versatility. Uh, he is a ball hawk. 22 of his 94 career targets were intercepted or broken up. And so uh, he's willing to come down and play the run, which means you could bump him into the slot in a Matt Maddox injury situation. It also potentially would give you some versatility if you had in an emergency situation, you needed to bump Avante Maddox to safety due to injuries or something like that. So Cam Smith is going to be the pick here for the Eagles at 31. And that puts the Kansas City Chiefs on the clock at 32 to close out the first round. Mark, you are up, and I already know who you're going to take. Yeah, do you guys remember? Uh, I, wait, I'm interested to hear who you think I'm going to. What position am I going to take? Wide receiver. Yeah, I, you're correct. Um, <laughs> do you guys remember what happened last time Patrick Mahomes had a fast guy? <laughs> Wide receiver. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, they, they traded him. His name was Tyree Kill, and their opinion was, we could we could pretty easily replace him in the draft at a cost. Uh, so let's trade Tyreek Hill. Jalen Hyatt's pretty darn fast, um, <laughs> so uh, I think he makes a lot of sense for Kansas City. I think that that's like one of my one of my dream pairings. There's Jalen Hyatt to Kansas City or the Chargers or or uh, you know maybe Dallas if if you're outside of the Philadelphia area. Uh, those are all good landing spots for Jalen Hyatt. So. Kansas City would be the best landing spot if you're any receiver, obviously, uh, but especially if you're Jalen Hyatt with that speed that Andy Reid has been able to show that he'll, you know, he can make it work. And they've tried to do this before, even when they had Tyree Kill. They drafted Nicole Hardman. They drafted another guy that is escaping my mind on, uh, I think it was maybe Demarcus Robinson, who had a crazy, crazy high uh, 40. So uh, I, I could totally see them drafting Jalen Hyatt if he falls to 31. Yeah, I remember you saying on the wide receiver draft show that teams need to not let Jalen Hyatt get to the Eagles or the Chiefs at 31 or 32. So as yeah. soon as as soon as I saw you were drafting for the Chiefs, I knew Jalen Hyatt was the pick. I know you too well, Mark. Oh, Jalen Hyatt and Midnight Green, by the way. Sean <laughs> Jackson vibes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to pick for the Eagles next time we do one of these. Then people yell at me. I want them to yell at one of you guys next time. Uh, they'll yell at me for taking from trading up to take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> I have been yelled at for that in the past as well. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it. That wraps up our first round mock draft. Guys, any thoughts on how that mock draft turned out? Anything that surprised you guys that fell out of the first round? Anything like that? A lot of teams that need tackles, offensive tackles in this. Uh, Darnell Wright. Did anybody take Darnell Wright? No, but it seems no. like he's trending towards the top 20 based yeah. on some news that's been out there. Yeah. His his was a name that I came up uh, with uh, several times during this month. So offensive tackles, I think there could be – that's an underrated position in first round that could see five, six guys taken. I, I really like B.J. Ojolari sliding into the end of the first round. It seems like he's rising uh, quite a bit. I do think he's going to end up going day one as well. Yeah, I, I was shocked that uh, the Draft Network has Derek Hall ranked like 21st. That's a that's a, a side thing. I'm really high on Derek Hall, but I know you guys aren't aren't quite uh, as high there. Um, the thing that stuck out to me is how many teams 
uh, need receiver and how few receivers there are, it, it feels like. Um, yes. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I think we could see JSN get pushed way up the board because of the fact that there's not a lot of other guys. You could see Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Quentin Johnston, all these guys get pushed up. Here, Quentin Johnston fell because I don't think any of us are fully sold on, on, on QJ, but uh, there's definitely people out there who will be higher on him than we are, I'm sure, because of the physical traits. Yeah, and that's the thing is it only takes one. And so when yeah. three of us are controlling all the teams, uh, it's easy for some of those guys that none of us like to fall. But I would be shocked if Quentin Johnston fell out of the first round on draft night. Just like you said, it, there's a shortage of wide receivers, and he's one of the very few tall receivers as well. Yeah. It's a lot of slot guys. So yeah. um be interesting to see how all of that plays out. But that's going to do it here for our first round mock draft. Uh, just another scenario of how things could play out on draft night. Uh, of course, we will be back next week to break down our final position group. It is the linebackers. We'll be breaking down uh, our top eight, six. I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet. Our top linebackers for the class. Spoiler alert. It's not the greatest class, but it is a position the Eagles have need. Uh, so we'll try to get you all the information you need on those guys. And then we will be back the following week prior to the draft to do a My Guys show where we go back and talk about some of our favorite guys from this uh, class, some guys we're higher on than consensus, maybe some guys we're lower on than consensus, some anti-My Guys, I guess. But uh, all of that stuff, and then obviously the draft will be here before we know it, and all of this work will instantly become outdated. But it's been a fun ride. We appreciate you guys for for joining in uh, on this. Be sure you give us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to your podcast. It really helps the show get out there to other Eagles fans. Uh, be sure you click that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. We'll be back next week. And so until then, go birds. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.